0: This is Clothes-Making Mavens, a sewing podcast about handmade fashion.
1: Hello friends, this is Helena from Grayallday.com,
0: and this is Lori from frivolousatlast.com. So Helena, I
1: have been noticing on your blog and Instagram lately that you've been redoing your sewing room. Oh yeah. I started off the new year by tearing apart my sewing room and a redecorating and reorganizing frenzy. I have this weird long room that's part sewing room, part home office, and I haven't exactly known the best way to utilize this space. I've rearranged several times in the last two years, and I think I've finally come up with a good plan. I painted the walls white and culled and organized the stash and i came across an alarming number of uncompleted lists and unfinished projects <laughs> i have more than a dozen ufo's oh my goodness i can totally relate i have like bags stuffed with cut and
0: partially sewn things stashed all over the place and you know what there's a, an unfinished object somewhere in this house i know i started a denim skirt probably a year and a half ago and i want to finish it and
1: i can't find it oh I don't no even know where it went you hid it from yourself <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's crazy i know that i need to get more organized this year so um what i did is i compiled a sewing planner for the entire year to keep all my ideas in one place of course you did helena you are the list queen so that is awesome (laughs) uh i so i have a binder and i have a special page reserved for all the awesome sewing challenges and community events going on around the sewing sphere Um, Like last year, I missed joining the Literary Sewing Circle because I did not get mine done, but I know you made an entire outfit, Lori.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that was the Literary Sewing Circle hosted by Melanie of Following the Thread, and we read Ray Bradbury's Uh, something wicked this way comes together and we discussed the book and then we all tried to sew something that was inspired by the book so um, there's a wonderful passage on the first page that talks about um, a gathering storm and that a salesman, a traveling salesman wanders into town under the sort of eerie atmosphere of the coming storm and he's wearing storm colored clothing so I made a purple swing dress with a a cardigan that had dark grey and light grey sort of a swirly pattern on it so that was my my storm colored clothing. And Melanie is running another one at the moment. So currently we're reading the book Dance Gladys Dance by Cassie Stocks, which is, um, uh, she's a Canadian author. And it's a fun humor filled book. And uh, it's also actually going to be part of Canada Reads, which is this, um, it's hosted by our public broadcaster, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and it's when they get uh, fairly well-known Canadians to each champion one Canadian book, and then they have like a smackdown uh, debate <laughs> cool. over, you know, and each week they eliminate one of the, one of the debaters and one of the books until we come to one book that we feel all of Canada should read. So it's one of the contestants in that contest right now. So it's kind of fun.
1: Oh, I'm totally looking forward to reading it. Yeah. So for this episode, we got to talk to a few friends about the challenges they've organized, and we hope this will motivate and encourage us to get out there and join in.
0: We'll also hear from Maven Maris in this episode, and she's going to help us sort out what we need to know about interfacing. So I'm glad she's here to tell us about that. And a special announcement, Barbara Imodi, who was on our podcast recently, we got so much great feedback from you that we decided to invite Barbara to become a regular contributor to the Close-Making Mavens. So we'll hear what Barbara has on tap for 2018 in terms of a resolution. That's coming up later.
1: First up, we have Elizabeth from ElizabethMadeThis.com, and you may have also seen her YouTube channel. She is so darling. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth is hosting the Day and Night Dress Challenge, and I love how this one is focused on dresses, dresses, dresses. It is coming up quick, so I've already got one dress completed and fun plans for my second dress on the cutting table.
2: Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me on the podcast, Helena. Yeah. So um, why don't you tell me uh, what the challenge is all about? So the idea is you make a you make two dresses, one for uh, like a day look and one for kind of a, you know, fancier night look. Um, But last year, last year, I had a kind of a different a different spin on it where we did like a little black dress for nighttime and then just a more casual look for daytime. And this year, the theme is coffee and cocktails. So for the coffee dress, it's it's just a casual day dress that you would wear, you know, if you were going to go and have coffee with a with a friend. And then your night look is just you know kind of any kind of fancy cocktail dress, you know, and make it as fancy or as not fancy as you want to. I mean, if it can take you to a really nice dinner out, then that's a perfect dress. So the the it's wide open for your interpretation
1: (laughs) oh that's really nice so that it's not uh not so rigid and we can kind of yeah we can we can make it work for our lifestyle because I never get fancy dinners let me just tell you (laughs) I I I don't
2: either (laughs) I was like I was trying to think I was like because because I because I, I was trying to think of subsets of dresses for so we could you know, keep this challenge going in future years. And I was like, cocktail dresses. I mean, that, that's like a whole category. But I mean, when was the last time that I went to a cocktail party? I did not even yeah. know. <laughs> I know. Never,
1: never. But dinner, dinner, I do. I do enjoy dinner. And so that then you can you got to of- eat. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I enjoy dinner every night. Actually, some are fancier than others. Let me tell you, though. This is true. <laughs> Sometimes I actually get out of my jammies, so yeah, that's that's yeah. really fun. So um, you're having you're having a like a showcase of these dresses for inspiration, and then you're also inviting community participation, right?
2: Yes. So the kind of the blogger, I'm calling it the blogger palooza. <laughs> Cool. So I'm doing that, doing that on on my on on my site, ElizabethMadeThis.com, and then uh, so uh, bloggers are basically acting as guest bloggers, and so people will be putting up their posts on my site between the week of. The, February 22nd and February 28th. And then there will also be vloggers on YouTube that will be posting their stuff and I'll be embedding their videos on my site too. So, so like my, my site's kind of the hub for all of this, Mm -hmm. but things will be going on, you know, I mean, I'm sure everything's already been out there on Instagram too. And then the community challenge is on Instagram and people doing the community challenge need to post their dresses to like like both they, they need to take a picture of you know their day look and their night look and then tag me at elizabeth made this with the hashtag day and night dress challenge all one word
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and then they, they have until march 5th to do that so you have a little bit extra time for if for the community challenge members so yeah oh cool okay great so you did this
1: last year also um How did you get the idea for this? Like what was your impetus for, for starting this kind of thing?
2: Um, I, I really, really needed to make a little black dress because I don't wear black, like at all. I, I, there's like no, I don't. (laughs) There's one context in my mind where, where a black dress is appropriate. And that's like playing, playing my violin in an orchestra concert and I, it's just been years since I have had a little black dress in my closet. So I, I'm not going to say that I made a whole challenge to make myself make a black dress, but, <laughs> but I kind totally of. made a challenge to do that. <laughs> so I think, I think I started out, I was like, okay, that's, that's like a night look, but I'm not really excited about this. So I have to like put an extra dress in there to make myself be excited about the fact that I have to make this black dress.
1: <laughs> oh, how funny. Yeah, that's the idea. So then you invited other bloggers. You're like, I need a fancy dress. So you guys should make fancy dresses too.
2: (laughs) Yes, pretty much. And I was really, I was really surprised, you know, that, that people have been just universally positive about this. I mean, I reached out to a bunch of bloggers last year and then I, and then I reached out to sponsors and everybody was like, yes, yes. Or they didn't say anything at all, but there weren't too many people that, I mean, pretty much everybody was like, yes, this is a great idea. Like, let's, let's, let's go for it. So that's pretty cool.
1: So the difference between last year's challenge and this year's challenge is obviously, um, I'm involved, so it's going to be way better. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you have a lot of YouTubers involved. This time. So it's kind of moved over to a different platform, which is so cool I am obsessed with YouTube now I think it's so fun so in the community uh to participate you're gonna make your two dresses post those on Instagram tag Elizabeth made this and the hashtag day night dress challenge and then what happens then
2: uh I have I there's there's prizes uh those are on on a post on yay yeah my website. there's actually there's tons of prizes we actually had a couple uh hearts fabric just joined us kind of a couple days ago just throwing their hat in the ring so now they think there's 17 different sponsors with prizes and um oh that's amazing yeah Yay. pattern companies fabric fabric companies uh all kinds of stuff so that's that that that's all on my website and i also did a, a video about that on my youtube uh, about the, about the sponsors. Okay, we'll link to that. Yeah. So after, after everybody has, has put their stuff in there by March 5th, I will go through mm-hmm. everybody and I am going to pick, um, I think I'm going to have to do nine random, random draw winners. So out of that, um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to make little bundles for people and then,
1: yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. That's great. I got some fabric from one of our sponsors, stylish fabric, and I'm already so excited. I mean, it's Fabric so is fun. <laughs> But yeah, but I am going way out of my comfort zone with these colors and stuff <laughs> like this is crazy for me, but it was fun to try something new and um, that's, you know, part of the challenge. I don't actually wear dresses very often. So, <laughs> so that's why this will be especially fun for me. Good,
2: good, good. Yay. Yeah.
1: So thanks so much for coming on the show and telling us all about the day and night dress challenge, Elizabeth.
2: Absolutely.
0: So we also got to chat with Hila from Saturday Night Stitch about the Berta Style Challenge. So I'm keen on this challenge because I have a ton of issues of Berta Style and it's great motivation to finally tackle the challenge of unfolding those ridiculously <laughs> giant pattern sheets that you can barely see any of the tracing. Oh God, but uh, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Get motivated, get motivated. For sure. <laughs> and it's, it honestly is so worth it because I love Berta Style, uh, the way they draft their patterns and, and the you know the details that they have in it. I'm as as I've always made well known. I'm not a, such a huge fan of their instructions, but uh, usually the garments are are pretty well worth uh, the hassle of tracing out those patterns. Hi, Hillas, Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, pleased
3: to meet you as well, Laurie. Yeah, thanks so much for yeah. doing
0: this. It's really nice to get a chance to chat with you. So, and of course, the reason I wanted to chat is you have launched the Berta Challenge 2018. Can you tell me a bit about that? What's that all about?
3: So the Berta Challenge is something that I've been doing for, I think this was going to be my third year now. And um, there's a fantastic forum on pattern review. And it's forum, there's a Berta Challenge on there that is forum based. But this year, come 1st of January, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to put it out there and invite anybody who reads my blog to come and join me (laughs) on my challenge. um, Because I had, you know, last year, I sort of went through a process where I ended up not sewing as much as I wanted to and so I'm just so excited about jumping back into sewing and I just wanted to share that keenness and that eagerness and that zest and I was just so incredibly overwhelmed by the amount of responses that I got. Oh that's great. I posted it up on Instagram and people were like yeah we're gonna join you and do this and I was like yeah awesome.
0: Yeah that's (laughs) fantastic that really helps you carry carry you through with the challenge right when there's other people there with you.
3: Exactly. You know, there's an old African proverb that goes something along the lines of, you know, if you want to go fast, go along. But if you want to go far, go in a group with other people. So <laughs> I just renewed my Birder Style magazine subscription. And so I'm quite, you know, I was like, what's the best way that, you know, we can stay motivated. I can stay motivated to do this every month, every year. Mm-hmm. And being accountable to others is also one thing that they say is a great thing. to.
0: (laughs) There's (laughs) nothing like it. Mm
3: -hmm. Exactly. So I just never expected, you know, like all these other people to be ready to jump in and say, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And surprisingly, what I found was that there were quite a lot of other people out there who felt like me, who loved the magazine and were really keen on the patterns, but we just we needed a nudge you know hmm. and so that's what the challenge is it's just a nudge to get going <laughs> great so we've
0: got you've got a lot of people who are on board with the challenge what does the challenge entail exactly are there very specific rules for joining the challenge
3: well no and this is the thing that i emphasized in my blog post where i sort of talk about it and You know, sewing is a creative pursuit. Most of us are in it because we love it. It's a hobby. It's a way for us to de-stress from all of the other stuff that's going on in our lives. So it's so important to have flexible goals. So the challenge itself doesn't have um, like uh, rigid rules or structures. You just basically set your own goals for it. Whether the goal is to make one garment per month or it's to make two garments by the end of the year or even just to make one garment by the end of the year you just make it what you want to make it But we have a meeting point, which is using the hashtag Challenge 2018 just by using that hashtag on any social media. It's like a meeting point where you can go to see what other people are up to and you can inspire, encourage, motivate and support each other just by using that hashtag. So it's very flexible. But I also encourage people that when they're making their goals to make realistic flexible goals so that it's not like you're going to college where it's a pass or fail thing. Because mm-hmm. if, if you set your goals up in a way that makes you feel like, oh gosh, I'm failing, you're going to want to quit. And that's not what the point is because, you know, it's it's fun. Um, so, yeah, so it's just about setting your own personal goals about what you want to do with the magazines. So for some people that might not even be sewing related. It might be just realizing that you like keeping you know, the bird magazines just for pure inspiration, just to have something to flip through and, you know, and read through and not actually sew them. But you know, just having that acceptance is enough to give you that clarity and you've got less mental clutter in your head. You've you've got less should, should haves, you know, because sometimes you look at your pattern stash or your fabric stash and you keep saying, oh, I should be using this. I should be doing this. But if you're able to even free up a little bit of mental clutter in your head, then that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love it. I love that it's so flexible and that people can Uh make their own way through the challenge and decide what it is that they want to do. And I also really love, uh, in a recent blog post that you, where you explained about the challenge, you wrote, "Even deciding that you have no desire to make anything from Berta Style magazine is progress." So, I yes, think that's fantastic.
3: It is because like I've I've done that. You know, when when I started out with my blogging and you know, I just used to jump onto any challenge that I stumbled across because, you know, challenges are so fun. You get to meet so many people. Even if you don't complete the challenge or, you know, go to the end, you still get to meet at least one or two other people that you're just like, oh gosh, you know, these are amazing people who've just added to my creative, you know, to my creative journey. And, you know, throughout all of that, some challenges I've done them because, um, You know, I've had maybe vintage patterns, for example, and I've always thought, oh, I want to make vintage patterns because there's so many incredibly talented, um, you know, creatives out there who make um, vintage outfits and they are so beautiful and gorgeous. And I look at them and I, you know, I'm kind of like I want to wear those. And I did. I joined up once a challenge and I tried sewing up a vintage pattern. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It did not turn out (laughs) anywhere near (laughs) as lovely as that. But that was great because then I realized that I love the vintage patterns. They're a great source of inspiration for me. And I have them in my sewing cave, but I'm okay with the fact that I'm not going to use them. I love having that sense of history where I can see where patterns came, you know, Mm -hmm. how it was back in the day. And it was just lovely because, you know, if you're honest with yourself and you clear out the shoes, you can make a lot more room for things that fit in with your, you know, with your lifestyle, with your wardrobe and, you know. (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, that's,
0: that's a great, that's a great attitude, yeah. and, and it's nice to convey that to everyone because I I do sometimes get the sense online when you're chatting with other sewers, and they're feeling a lot of pressure and a lot of mm-hmm. um, you know. For example, I've uh, signed up to be part of the Ready to Wear
3: Fast for this year, okay? And oh, that's so, fantastic, It's like yeah. Goodbye Valentino? Yeah, that's right. Fun- yeah,
0: Sarah yeah. Gunn from um, uh, Goodbye Valentino is running that, and uh, so there's a Facebook group, and some people were. Uh, posting in early January you know I haven't sewn anything yet is that bad you know a bunch of you are posting things you've already sewn and so am I behind and you know so it's nice that it's it's that's not the case we should take all the pressure off ourselves and and Mm -hmm. make it make it fun yeah Yeah. but hey you know what I just heard you refer to your sewing cave (laughs) (laughs) what's your sewing cave
3: (laughs) my sewing cave is my room where my primordial creative juices are unleashed, you know, and I don't have the constraint of being mother, wife, sister, lover, whatever. I am just pure creative forces are allowed to flow from um, I me love it that is wonderful the
0: primordial so my kids, ooze of the sewing cave
3: <laughs> exactly so you know when I go into that cave it's like it's my space where I can just retreat into this you know this being that is just controlled by instinct alone so you know so I just started calling it a cave out of that sense of you know this is where I can just shed everything and I can just be in the moment
0: I (laughs) love it uh, so, Haley, you've already given us some good advice on on uh, mm-hmm. goal setting and how to get through it. You know, traveling with a group is uh, will get you farther than traveling alone, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, what other goals do you or what other advice do you have for goal setting when it comes to participating in a challenge like this one and, and for achieving the goals?
3: OK, well, I think, number one, keep it fun. If it's not fun, don't. Make yourself to something that you're not enjoying because sewing is supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be a stress reliever. So, the moment you feel like it's not fun, then just drop out and you don't have to feel that you know you're letting anybody down or anything like that. Because if you're doing something as a group, and I think even not just in virtually but in real life, if you found out that somebody in your group activity like at a party isn't having a great time you'd be gutted you know (laughs) something so i think number one keep it fun um number two apart from setting yourself the flexible goals and making yourself accountable you know constantly review what you are doing your plans whether it's fitting in with um what you want to achieve. So I have seen, and this is something that I've blatantly copied from other um, creatives out there, um, people are sort of um, using, sort of killing two birds with one stone by using different challenges to fulfill another challenge. Mm-hmm. So they're actually ticking off like two or three challenges <laughs> with one thing. And, and I thought that that was just amazing. So some people are including a bird a challenge aspect to their make nine to their 2008 make nine so maybe two garments of their 2018 make nine are going to be berta style garments Mm -hmm. and then that way they're also taking that off so that's fantastic i think you know using that cross synergy is also a fantastic way of doing that as well as reviewing whether it is working for you and if it isn't you know why not and also don't be afraid to speak up if you feel like you're struggling or you need help or Mm. support with Mm -hmm. um something it, it can be so hard um, you know it, especially in our world of social media where it's a lot easier for us to prevent the perfect squares of the idealized life <laughs> and then for you to then pipe up and say oh guys I'm struggling with this pattern I'm really not understanding the directions or I'm, I'm not understanding the instructions so I think you know, and we all love, I mean, one thing I love about the sewing community is how incredibly positive and supportive and encouraging Mm -hmm. it is. And I get the sense that we're all just, you know, we're all just gagging to help each other, you know, Mm -hmm. because you sort of like you read that somebody is struggling with this, you're kind of like, oh, I can tell them what I did, you know, oh, and, and all that. So I think, you know, if you feel like you need some help or some support, you know, don't, don't be scared, reach out. If you feel like you can't, post it on your own feed because it can make you feel incredibly vulnerable to Mm -hmm. put it out there. I have never sent a direct message to somebody on Instagram and they've sort of come back and said, what the hell are you thinking? You know, (laughs) (laughs) everybody is just so incredibly um, supportive. So, you know, if, if you see another creative on Instagram who's made the same garment that you're trying to make, but maybe you're just stuck in a block, Just send them a direct message and say, Hey, by the way, I've seen that you've made this. I'm making this, but I'm struggling with this. So could you give me any tips? You know, I bet you they'll just be like, I will, you know, send you pictures if you want. Of (laughs) course. Yeah. Yeah. People are so so fantastic. And the sewing sewing community. So yeah. So I just say, you know, don't. don't be afraid to ask for help or support if you need any. And, you know, just reach out to people because everybody just loves making connections in the sewing community. So, right.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> so why did you pick Berta Style in particular? What do you, what do you love about Berta Style?
3: Oh, I love um, their style. Mm-hmm. Me too. I <laughs> really, style. truly do. I think
0: they've got great
3: patterns. Yes, they do. And um, I... I like that they um, also, they they seem to put in a lot of effort in um, how they present the patterns because they shoot them on location in different parts of the the world. So I'm quite a visual person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even with my pictures that I take for my blog, one of the things that sort of um, started coming out for me when I started blogging was that I liked to have you know, pictures that had a you know a, a, a visual impact, and that's what I like about you know um, Berestel. Apart from the fact that their designs, they also really do try to put out cutting edge designs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can't be easy. Yeah. No. Make you know because they have to do 12 issues per year and <laughs> you're sort of churning out um, these designs. So, and also. Why I picked of Style Magazine is because, you know, there is the added challenge of the pattern sheets. Ugh, the dreaded tracing. <laughs>
0: the dreaded sheets.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. I bought my first of Style Magazine. I opened up one pattern sheet. I quickly folded it back and I just put it on, you know, somewhere I couldn't (laughs) see it because I was like, never, I will never be able to do this. This just looks so crazy complicated. And I think it took me six months to gather up the courage to try and do it. And even then I couldn't do it. And I ended up buying a a PDF pattern because if you buy the PDF patterns, Mm -hmm. it's a single one. And then I made up a better pattern. I really liked it. And that gave me the courage to you know, to get nerves of steel. Right. And, uh, you know, I, and I think, um, you know, sort of like a, some, I think, like a, some liqueur. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> like always gotcha. helps to, to screw up the
0: courage, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> you know, to gird myself and, you know, like really psych myself up and say, right, I'm doing this. I'm setting aside two hours to do this. Yeah. So, you know, so there's always that, that, that mental flux. It's like, I see the designs, I really like them. But then you've got this, you have to cross over this hurdle where you have to trace. And, and that's the specific challenge that you have with birds style. So I felt like, you know, I, I needed help to carry me mm-hmm. <laughs> through mm-hmm. that particular challenge. So, you know, apart from the styles that they have and how um, incredibly um, fashion forward they are and how um, trendy, I want to say trendy, but not stylish, I quite like their style. Mm-hmm. It's also getting past that you know that mental hurdle of the extra step of tracing because with the other patterns you don't have to do the tracing necessarily you can just cut straight into the pattern sheet so that's very good advice about the pdfs if if that does terrify you the idea of trying
0: to trace amongst all of those Mm -hmm. tiny little lines that are all intersecting to just uh you know go to their their um online library and download the pdf that that, that's great to get you over the hurdle
3: yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Unless so a you have a taping point.
0: phobia, which some people do—the the sort of <laughs> dread of the taping—so I get that too. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's, it's,
3: so, Hila, it's what's, what's
0: your what's your personal challenge then? Are you doing one a month, or what? What is it that you're trying to?
3: Right. Well, I am doing the minimum target outrageous goal thing. So, okay, I have. So that's how I'm keeping it flexible. Oh, so three stages. So, Yes, three, so there's three possible um, targets to hit. Yes, three, three, three possible outcomes. So, my minimum is one garment per month. Okay. That's because I know at the very least, no matter what else is going on in my life, whether I'm poorly or man, my children are poorly, I know I can sew one garment per month in four weeks because I don't want to brag or anything, but I'm pretty fussed when it comes to, snow, <laughs> to you sewing. Are. So, yes, you are. so, I know that I can make one garment definitely. So, if I do that, I'll be happy, right? My target, my ideal would be two garments per month from Better Style, but my outrageous goal would be four garments per month. So if I did four garments, I'd be doing a shimmy, a jig, <laughs> a dance, like a, oh, yeah, oh, I did yeah, it.
2: You did.
3: <laughs> so, so yeah, So, yes, so that's my thing. So it means that I'm flexible enough to, if I've got more time to get to the sewing machine and I make four, I'm a happy, happy, super happy woman but if i don't have as much time and i still manage to make one i'm still happy because in my bullet journal i can tick off and say mm-hmm. i did my style challenge oh that's the
0: most satisfying thing in life is crossing something off of that to do list isn't it yeah yes yeah, yeah especially
3: sure. in my bullet journal where you've got like the and i can tick it off and i can say yep I did yep. it, you Done.
0: Know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you talk about your the, the fact that you're going to shimmy if you manage to get four garments. And, you know, I feel like I've seen you shimmy, even though this is the first time we're speaking in person. <laughs> your photographs on your blog are always so full of joy and... Uh, I see you modeling the clothes and you just look like you're happy and having a great time and that you love sewing and that you love what you've created. And it's just a pleasure to to read your blog and see your pictures. Oh,
3: thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm um, a
0: big admirer of, of your of your work.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It's really, really wonderful to um, hear that because I truly, I love the clothes that I make. It's And it's so hard for me when I have to sort through and decide, you know, what to give away,' because honestly, every single garment that I make more or less I really, really love mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, and that just comes across and so when I'm making the gar when when I'm wearing the garment, there's like this extra. It's almost like I'm I'm getting some extra juice because I know I made it, you yeah, know.
0: So, of <laughs> so course. I'm going around, it's the I'm whole thinking, who made this this girl here with the thumbs, right? You're exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like you yep. know
3: yeah, that's my superpower. What's your superpower? What's your mine is sewing. Like I yeah. made this. So, um, so yes, I'm. You know, um, thank you so much. I'm I'm very happy to hear that that comes through with the photos because when we do the photo shoots, we're just having a blast and there's a lot of goofing around and you yeah. know the kids. Uh, in on the shorts and you know it's it's it, it, it's a lot of fun it really know, cause comes that, through for cause sure cuz that's what it is and that's why i think it's so important that you know when um, setting goals for the challenge that you have to keep it flexible because it still has to be fun. It shouldn't ever feel like it's a chore. You yeah. know, yeah, you have to be having fun with it. You should want to be shimmying when you're
0: when you're doing it, right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hila, I, I hate to uh, I hate to say goodbye, but because um, I feel like I could talk for you talk with you for a long time and talk about a lot of different things but of course today we just wanted to hit on this uh, Berta Berta challenge so mm-hmm. thanks for explaining it to me and uh you know perhaps one day uh we'll talk more at length about other things related to sewing on, on the
3: podcast i would love that i really really would love that love that <laughs> well thanks
0: <laughs> so thanks again hila for making time to chat with me and uh hopefully we'll do it again soon
3: All right. Thank you so much for having me on. And um, yeah, look forward to um, listening to the episode and to listening to lots more episodes.
1: (laughs) Another monthly challenge that continues throughout the entire year is Sew My Style. And this year it is organized by Jessica Lorraine, who blogs at jessicalorraine.com and she also has a YouTube channel. She tells us about the exciting addition of prizes to this year's lineup and how we can now sign up at any time during the year to still receive the discount codes. Okay, we are here with Jessica Lorraine, and she is going to tell us about the Sew My Style challenge that is going on for 2018. So hi, Jessica. Hi, Helena. Thanks so much for having me. So for Sew My Style, why don't you tell us what the challenge is all about?
4: Yeah, so it was started in 2017 by um, Alex Bartholomew from Bluebird Fabrics. And essentially, it was a challenge put together to encourage people to get into sewing and also to um, think about the slow fashion movement as well, like, you know, where your clothes come from and, you know, trying to get away from ready to wear. Um so yeah I thought it was a really cool idea and she asked me to be a leader last year so that's kind of how I got involved with it initially. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah the um the idea is that you sew 12 garments in 12 months um to kind of make a little uh, handmade wardrobe for yourself. Um and yeah it's just a really cool way to kind of um get all of the sewing community together and yeah the sew stuff and it's really cool seeing um, everyone's so the same thing because everyone has completely different ideas and completely different styles. So, um, yeah, that's another really good thing about it. And it introduces people to indie pattern companies that they may not have heard about before.
1: Yeah. I, I really loved last year seeing all the different, um, iterations of the same pattern that I, I wouldn't have made yes. out of that fabric or they just do a little something a little different. And I never did anything on the right month <laughs> I was a little <laughs> slow last, last year but um but I loved I did buy some of the patterns and so I did love seeing all the inspiration because then you can go to the uh to the hashtags and you can go to the roundup post and you can just see just up bunch of different uh, versions of it and just get so much inspiration before you even you've even decided what to make so I did love that a lot and I'm sure this is similar Mm -hmm. and
4: people are so clever like there are some things that people did I'm like oh I would never have thought to have done that that's so cool and it also meant that there were some patterns that I might not have chosen myself but once I saw other people's versions I was like oh my gosh I love what you've done with that like I would definitely like to copy that so yeah it's really cool like that
1: yeah that is great So last year, um, yeah, I I bought some patterns, but then I didn't didn't actually sew them in the right month and actually I still am holding on to those patterns. I swear I'll get to them this year. (laughs) Um but it's it must have caught on really well to to continue it this year. And um do you know how how it did last year?
4: Uh, yeah, it did well. I think the first half of the year was really good. And then it sort of, um, it did kind of peter off towards the end of the year. Oh. Um, I myself really didn't make a lot of the end of year garments because I was busy, um, starting up my own business. But, um, yeah, there wasn't a, a lot of it, um, momentum, I guess, towards the end of the year. Um, but I think there were about 1300 people who participated last year wow. or who at least signed up. So that was amazing.
1: Uh-huh.
4: Um, so yeah, that was really good. Um, this year we had at currently about seventeen hundred already, which is pretty incredible. Wow. Um, and we're hoping that yeah, we'll get a few more signing up throughout the year as well.
1: So Great, yeah, because sign ups are still open for that. So we Yes, can... they are.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can sign up whenever. So sign ups are open for the entire year. Last year you did have to sign up like at the beginning of the year, <laughs> yeah, and I think I there so. was one more intake.
1: Okay. okay.
4: Um, yeah, and we had a lot of feedback that people were disappointed that they moved, uh, that they missed out on the patent codes um and that they only found out about it halfway through the year so they wish they could have signed up. So this year we've made it so that you can sign up whenever you like, but you must be signed up by the 23rd of the month before. Oh, uh, the, sorry, the 22nd of the month before mm-hmm. um so that you do get the discount codes for the month like coming up.
1: Right, right, because the the last discount code just came out for February, so that's exciting the Rumana coat and the the ponty jacket, what's it called? The Estelle? Is that what it is? The Estelle, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. so that's a
4: beautiful, waterfall cardigan. Um, and yeah, really good for transitional. But the Roman is obviously
1: a little bit more um, probably intermediate beginner. I know, to... that's what I was thinking. It was nice that you had two patterns that um, actually... One is more advanced and the other is going to be easier fitting and the Ponte cardigan's easier fitting and, and easier to sew. You don't have to finish your seams yes. and stuff. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And That's... also much more transitional. So, um, they're obviously like, I'm in Australia. So obviously we don't get really cold winters. So I um, understand.
1: Pretty... Yeah. But,
4: yeah. <laughs> I'm in California. I oh, guess you would too. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, so yeah, obviously there's people in the uk though and stuff like that who would love the Romana because it does get so cold over there so
1: yeah and it is glamorous and it is just a statement piece so I am gonna be yeah. looking for the uh the versions out there that other people make because it's kind of sad that I can't make a lot of coats and I there are so many <laughs> that are beautiful. <laughs>
4: This one you can make out of um, like linens and stuff though. So I think I'm going to try and make one out of linen just so that it can be um, sort of more an autumnal yeah. like winter
1: coat that's not so thick and heavy. So Oh, that's a good idea. I want to see that. Okay, yeah. good, good. I, wanna, I can't <laughs> wait to see that. So when we get involved in the monthly projects, uh, we're going to put them up on Instagram, right? So what's the hashtag for that? How does that work?
4: So um, you can pop your garment up. It needs to be up before the last Sunday of the month, on or before. Okay. Um, last year we did have the big reveal on the last Sunday last Sunday of the month. Sorry, um, but yeah, this year it's a little bit more flexible. So if you want to pop it up beforehand, you'll still get included and everything um so you just need to use the hashtag so my style 2018 when you're posting on instagram Mm -hmm. um and yeah it'll go in the hashtag it's really cool to look through that hashtag um actually to see everyone's different variations as well so it's very inspiring because this year we have monthly prizes which is something that we didn't have in 2017 and something that i'm really excited about as well
1: that is exciting so what are some of the sponsors that are giving away prizes um, we
4: have some really amazing sponsors. So we've tried to not include like actual patterns for the prizes because I feel like you guys are already getting, you know, the discount codes each month. That makes sense, yeah. Um, so we've tried to go with um, Fabric. So this month, Stone Mountain and Daughter are offering a $100 <sighs> US gift card oh, to the winner, cool. which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, next uh, for February, Lisa Comfort is offering a PDF copy of her new um, Lisa Comfort magazine, which does actually include a pattern, which is the, I think it's the Cocoon Coat, which I is a really, really cool. I that, yeah. Yeah, so that's really cute. So, yeah, we've tried to go with, um, yeah, like more fabric shops. I, um, I don't have the list of sponsors here with me, actually, so I can't go through them all with you. But uh, Fabric Drop, they're a new Australian Um, Australian, Australian, um, fabric store, Australian and New Zealand fabric store. They're offering, um, a voucher as well later in the year. Um, all of the, like the winners are picked randomly from the hashtag. So it's not who has the best garment or anything like that, because we don't want to, it's about you just sewing your wardrobe. So literally all it is, is participation. Yeah. Good. Good.
1: So, um, you also are on YouTube and you did a YouTube on this. So you could kind of, uh, introduce it on YouTube also.
4: Yes. Yes, I did. Um, there are a couple of patterns that I didn't mention in the YouTube video because we've added a couple of extras on. Um, but yeah, the YouTube video was, it's just easier sometimes to talk through the challenge and talk through um, everything. Um, I do have everything on my website, but yeah, the YouTube channel is, is also good because people can just go on there and just listen to me talk about it. They don't have to read through a lot of information as well. So that's really handy. Okay,
1: cool, cool. I will uh, put that in the show notes so people can, can see you too, which is fun. I get to see you yes. when I interview you. But um, but it's a podcast, so everyone's just listening. And it's always <laughs> fun to um, – I just the, – the new YouTube platform and how seamstresses are on there now is so fun because then you just feel like you know them. And that's yeah. why I started the podcast is because I felt like um, the – the podcast that I did listen to, they're my friends, right? They don't Mm. know me. But, yeah, but I'm friends with them. yeah exactly that's yeah. not creepy at all but um <laughs> but no, i think that's the best thing about podcasts and
4: youtube is that you know you can you get that other angle into their lives just putting photos up on a blog or on instagram you don't kind of see their personality you don't like get to know the little ins and outs of their lives um people for example love seeing my dog who is always in my youtube videos oh, so cool. just those little things that kind of help people connect to you a bit more and yeah it's a really really lovely platform to connect
1: um with other solace on as well yeah, I'm going to um, going to direct people over there so they can, they can check it out too. So thank you so much for, uh, for letting us know all about Sew so My Style. Thank you so much for having me on today. I've really enjoyed it.
0: So we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that the Sew so My Style challenge generated quite a bit of controversy. Many of the original patterns chosen for the challenge did not include larger sizes, Since then, two patterns have been added to the lineup to help make the challenge a little more size-inclusive, but we do recognize that this challenge might not be inclusive of everyone.
1: So Lori, are you planning to join in on any of these fun challenges? Yeah, so I'm thinking I'll do the Berta Style one just because I do have all those magazines sitting
0: there and every time I get one, there's at least three or four patterns that I really would like to make. And then, and then I kind of put the magazine away and it sits on my shelf. And one of the challenges I find with it is just remembering what it was that was in the magazine that I wanted to sew. So I know that so far people who are participating in this challenge are already uh, Instagramming and blogging about how they organize their lists using various tools like Trello or, or Pinterest or things like that so that they can remember what the heck is in those magazines and which ones they wanted to do. So I'm thinking that might be a good way to, to clear out
1: some of that backlog of inspiration from Berta. That is fascinating. I have often wondered, so I put little, um, post-its on the, I only work from line drawings. I can't work from the, because they... They make them up in some crazy prints and, you know, the models are, like, sitting and, like, I don't even know, doing yoga. Like, how are we supposed (laughs) to see what the pattern is looking like? So I just work from that page that has all the line line drawings. So what I do is I put a Post-it on that so I can just quick – flip to that so i can kind of when i have something in mind that i'm looking for that i know i've seen i but having yeah. them all in one place yeah yeah would be so helpful and then you could do a quick scan because i also have a couple years worth and i've made i think 3 <laughs> total <laughs> <Yeah>. ever
0: <laughs> well i did see someone who takes a, a photocopy of those line drawing pages that are near the beginning of each bird style magazine
1: yeah and just stick uh, them and then in, she in my just binder puts Yeah, she puts
0: that photocopy right into, like, um, you know, those uh, plastic sheet protectors Mm -hmm. and puts them in in a binder. So you could just page through those and go, oh, yeah, I need a pair of trousers. That's the style I wanted. And then go find your your magazine and pull it out. I think that's a great idea. That is a good idea. Yeah. What about you? Are you going to do any of the other challenges, Helena? I'm going to do them
1: all. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You never this met is, a challenge you didn't like, did you, Helena? This classic, classic, <laughs> Helena. You know I won't get them done. So I'm just, you know, going to throw the throw the darts on the, towards the board. Um <laughs> no, but there are there are some definitely the dress the day and night dress challenge uh, I already started and I'm part of the blogging tour. Mm-hmm. And so that gives me a deadline and I have a a commitment to Elizabeth to get something done, which means I will get it done. Um I, yeah, I want to do the Berta style. I don't know about every month. I mean, it's already the end of January. I haven't even gotten started on that. Though I've got one s-
0: cut out from January. So oh, you're maybe, amazing. I'll
1: get, <laughs> maybe I'll get it done before the end of the year. Who knows? Right, right. Some, sometime <laughs> during the year. I did notice, so I don't have a current membership to Berta style. And I did notice that someone on their blog was saying they just pick out all the Januaries that they own and pick one of the January patterns to do. So it's not the current January. Right. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, and other uh, people are just, uh, you know, I mean, I think the thing about this challenge is you can do anything you want, so it could just be any Berta pattern
1: per month. Right, then you get 12 yeah, so, of them done, and you'd be utilizing your, your stash yeah, of exactly. magazine. Yeah, that's a good idea, too. Yeah, and then um, the so My Style is giving out a discount code for the Closet Case Patterns Cali Shirt dress, which I have been actually looking forward to making, and kind of the interfacing information from Maris should uh, tie into that and and help me with that because that is going to be a challenge that I have to get ready for. I haven't right. ever done a collar, really. I mean, not a precision collar, I'll say. Yeah, so a lot of lot of little steps in there for sure. I'm thinking I might uh, do the Cali as well. Yeah. So that is gonna be fun um, but there are a bunch of other challenges and so longs that we haven't mentioned um, you know, the, the make nine challenge is a, a good one because you get to pick your mm-hmm. your nine uh, patterns and you can focus on what you need in your wardrobe, and and that's valuable. Both of us are doing the ready-to-wear fast, so that is a challenge we're mm-hmm. both involved in. And, um, of course, the Monthly Stitch does every month they have a challenge that you can join in on. And the, it looks like the Socialist blog started up again, and they have uh, monthly themes also that we yeah, can join in. the current in, theme so. is Sewing with Stripes. Yeah, I'll have to... I- I don't have much stripes so but it'll be fun to see everyone else's and maybe I'll go maybe I'll go buy some fabric think about that hey there's a good excuse as if we needed one (laughs) right right especially I'm on the ready to wear fast you know all I've got is is uh shoes and fabric at this point right right
0: so we're keen to hear whatever you are going to take part in uh this year any of the sew-alongs or challenges so why don't you head on over to clothesmakingmavens.com and you can leave a comment or better yet leave us a voice message so we can include you in an upcoming episode
1: This episode, we get to hear from Maris. She is going to do a deep dive into the wonderful but confusing world of interfacing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's great. I'm so glad because when I go into a shop and I'm like, okay, I need interfacing, but I like, oh gosh, I just really, it's not, like all Greek to me. So I'm happy that Maris is going to help us out here.
1: I know the pattern envelope says you need interfacing, but it doesn't give you a clue on what weight or mm-hmm. what what style or, and I know that there is a huge difference in uh, various qualities of yeah. I only have access to one, but it may be worth it to try to uh, get the better quality interfacing. So with Maris's expertise in shirt making, she knows a lot about interfacing, so she'll be a great resource.
5: Hi there. This is Maven Maris with the Clothes Making Mavens. Today, Lori and Helena asked me to talk to you a little bit about dun, 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 interfacing. It's a topic that can be a bit confusing sometimes to sew us. So maybe I can help demystify it a little bit. The first thing I want to tell you is why do we even care about interfacing? What's the point of it? Well, in making our clothes, sometimes we need to give the fiber, the fabric that we're working with, some support or some structure. An example is buttonholes. When you're making buttonholes, Maybe the fabric that you're using doesn't have enough support to be able to handle the amount of thread that is applied during making a buttonhole. Interfacing will help. Another use of interfacing is to stabilize and prevent sagging. I'm working on a red boucle coat and the fiber is, the boucle is quite soft and that hem is going to sag over time. Interfacing will help that. Another reason to use interfacing is to provide shape to our garments. Collars and cuffs on the shirts that I make are great examples of this. You want that crisp look and you want it to, the cuff and the collar to ma- maintain its shape both over time and just during a single wearing. You don't want your collars and cuffs to crumple during the day. And you can also use interfacing if you want to stabilize or neaten ravelly edges of your fabric. If you're working with something that's very loosely woven, interfacing can help with that. So interfacing falls into what I would say are three main classifications. So you have non-woven. That means it's made of synthetic fibers that have been bonded together. There's no grain to a non-woven interfacing. That means you can lay your pattern pieces down in any orientation and you don't have to pay attention to grain line. Then there's woven and knit interfacing. Both of these products have a grain line that you need to pay attention to when you're cutting them out, just like when you cut out your pattern pieces for your garment. You have to pay attention to that grain line and there's a marking on your pattern piece for it. And you need to use the same orientation on your interfacing as you did on your base fabric. Both woven and knit interfacing are textiles. They're made from threads, either woven, warp and weft, or knit. So next, there are some characteristics of interfacing and those characteristics are going to help inform your decision about which product am I going to use. So the biggest characteristic is, is it fusible or is it sew-in? And the reason that you care about this, there's a lot of reasons why you care about this, one of which is your personal preference. What do you like to work with? Fusible is faster. So in might take a little bit longer you might have to base that into place you're not going to use a fusible interfacing on some fiber so silk is a good example and now it's true there is interface fusible interfacing that works on silk but maybe it's not going to work in your particular silk application I made a mother of the groom dress last year and the base Uh, dress fabric was a mesh that was embroidered and appliqued. So it was a lace on mesh, basically. Well, there's no way I could use a fusible on that. I used silk organza. So that was a sew-in example of interfacing. So fusible and sew-in, non-woven, woven, knit, they all of these these different types of interfacings, they come in different weights. So they come from featherweight, very, very lightweight, where you want just the smallest bit of support, to very, very uh, sturdy and tons of structure. So you have to think about what look you're going for on your garment, what effect you're trying to achieve. So with all of this information, how do you pick which interfacing is the best? Well, there's several factors that I think play into this. So one of them is cost. Personally, I think interfacing is worth spending some money on because you really need to think of it maybe as the bones of your project. It's really going to make a big difference in the final product. And so spending a little bit of money is worth it. This is one reason why I really do not like non-woven interfacing, and I particularly do not like non-woven fusible interfacing, to be very specific. I made, it's a low, uh, I'm going to tell you, it's a low-cost product, and there are applications for it, but you have to think about these pretty carefully. I made a bag one time that I wanted to, that I was taking on a trip, and I loved the, the fabric that I picked, and I put a non-woven fusible interfacing in it. And I was thinking, oh, it won't make that much difference. This is a good use. I've got this stuff lying around. I can just use it up. And I put it into the, I fused it to the bag. I took it on my trip. My bag got dirty. I came home, washed it, and the bag puckered. And I never liked the look of it. I eventually ended up throwing it away. So that was, you know, that ended up being pretty expensive because I lost an item that I really cared about, okay? So think about paying a little bit more for your interfacing and think of it as an integral part of your garment instead of just a, you know, I just have to throw a little interfacing in here so I can make a a buttonhole. It really is going to make a difference. Availability is another issue. Um, You know, what do you have access to? Eh, With online shopping, Pretty much the world is available to us. Your personal preference. Do you like to fuse or do you like to sew in? Sew in your interfacing. And another thing you have to think about really is your finished product. So is that what is that finished product going to be? Is it a Halloween costume or a craft that you're only going to use a few times? Well, go ahead, use. Non woven is fine. Maybe you're never going to launder that. What about a knit t shirt? I don't know about you, but my knit t shirts don't stay in my closet for very long, particularly the white ones. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to use a knit interfacing on a knit fabric, right? You know, that should go without saying that the only interfacing that you're going to use on a on a knit fabric should be a knit interfacing and it's fine to use fusible. I think in that application I'm not going to keep that garment that long and if you buy a higher quality interfacing it's going to hold up just fine for the length of that garment. Now if I'm going to make a couture coat I'm probably not going to put a fusible into that. I'm probably going to put a sewn in I'm gonna really consider my choices. I might have a couple of different interfacings that I use. So, you know, the weight of the fabric that you're working with makes a difference. It dictates the weight of the interfacing. How you intend to launder it. Is it gonna be thrown in the washer and dryer? Is it gonna be thrown in the washing machine on delicate and hung dry? Are you gonna send it to the dry cleaners? How long are you going to wear it? All these kinds of things help inform your decision about what product is right, how much money am I going to spend, you know, what's the best decision. There's not. There's truly not a right or wrong answer in most situations, although I guess I would have to say knit interfacing goes with knit fi- fibers, but knit textiles. But that's, maybe that's just me. It's my recommendation. So I hope that helps a little bit in thinking about what interfacing is, what kind of characteristics it has, and how you're going to pick which one is right for you. The last thing I do want to talk about is a little bit about the fusing process because we all love fusible interfacing. It does help speed things up sometimes. And there's a couple things that you have to pay attention to with fusible interfacing that make a, will make a difference in your finished product. Cut that interfacing a little bit smaller than the garment piece. And if you're using a heavyweight interfacing, cut it inside the stitching line because you don't really need that heavier, more structured interface in your stitching. Make sure you follow the manufacturer's directions. Some call for steam, some don't. Press on a flat surface. You think your ironing board's flat, and maybe it is and maybe it isn't. They can get a bow in them over time, particularly the less expensive ones. So, you know, you might want to interface on a heavy sheet of plywood, like three-quarter inch plywood covered with batting and, you know, and, and then covered with fabric like a heavy muslin or or twill, will be really good for that. And the last recommendation for fusible interfacing, buy a press. It kind of changed my interfacing life and I'm really happy that I did that. It made a huge difference in my speed, success, and general happiness with fusing interfacing. That's, you know, if I could have a sewing fairy in my sewing room, their job would definitely be to fuse my interfacing. So Lori, Helena, thank you so much for asking me to talk about interfacing. I hope I shed a little bit of light on this subject and I hope your day includes some sewing. Thank you, Maris,
0: for helping us figure out the ins and outs of interfacing. I think that was really helpful and I hope to put that information to work sometime soon. Me too.
1: Maybe you've heard our previous podcast with Barbara Amodi of Sewing on the Edge. Barbara is such a ton of fun, and we got so much positive feedback from listeners that we've invited Barbara to be a regular contributor to the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. Yeah, we're super excited about that.
0: Currently, Barbara is somewhere in North America. She's traveling around in an RV with her husband, two dogs, and her sewing machine. I have no idea how they pack all that into one RV. So let's hear what's got Barbara's fabric in a knot today. (laughs) (laughs)
6: This is Barbara Modi from Sewing on the Edge with a cold, but that is not stopping me from uh, talking about some really interesting questions that the Clothing Mavens have posted for sewists. The one that got my attention was, what do you plan on sewing in the future? Because I have, for once in my life, have a resolution I think I'm going to keep. I still have not kept the resolution. The last serious one I made, which was in 1992, to always make sure that my nails are painted. I didn't do that. I had three children instead, and that completely interfered with that plan. So... I've now decided second lifetime resolution, and that is, I'm going to keep this one, my kids are growing up, and that is to sew more indie patterns. In fact, pretty much only indie patterns in uh, in 2018. I've got a couple of reasons why the indies are really catching my eye right now. One of... These is that the big four patterns are getting progressively more boring, in my opinion. I used to love it when uh, they would say that, uh, you know, I would see in my email you know, early fall release or something, and I'd run and I'd order all these practical patterns I'd never made, and nothing is grabbing me anymore. So, you know, that's my traditional route for patterns. It's not very satisfying. I do sew Jelly. I sew Stylark, that I really, really like both of those companies. But I've been quite taken with both the community and the honesty of some of the smaller indie designers on my list for this year, of course, are Love Notions, uh, Green Style Creations, Peekaboo Patterns. Uh, they're adult versions, although I've done some good baby clothes and, and things from them. And uh, Patterns for Pirates, who, if you haven't seen them, have got a lot of really good freebies, including a fairly decent leggings pattern. So the reason, and there's tons of other ones, um, let me see five by four I've got a big list, but of course that's not in front of me when I'm recording this. but there are a couple of things that really appeal to me and one of the things actually is the um, the fact that this mightn't sound like the the most reasonable starting point. I really like all of these patterns, have their friends modeling the clothes, and really people of all sorts of sizes. We have had always these artificial standards and patterns. A size 8 had a 32 bust and 34 hips. I mean, these are completely ridiculous. Um, but they're real people. They're 180-pound women in leggings, which is exactly this. You know, them. a lot of people... That's who they are and they're wearing leggings and they look great. I love it. And I act, I've got this ice incredible idea that I want to make a lot of matching brawn panties, but not the little lacy made by Madeline like bras and, and little, you know, kind of valentiny panties because like my life is very practical. So I'm thinking more cotton lycra, um, you know, bands, sort of a bralette, but one that is you know, it's got a good, you know, solid band. And, and I, so I started to search like panty patterns and all these indies. And it's wonderful because they were modeled by women with stretch marks and women with cellulite and real people. And you could say, that's me in underwear. That is my body in underwear, and that looks good on them, so I'm going to make it. And that's just so fantastic. So I love the real models, Um, because if it looks good on them, and you're real too, um, that's just a really good indication. And, And I just, I don't know, everybody's beautiful, and it's so nice for it not to be you know, New York models with eating disorders. So that's my big thing. The, the stretch marks ones really got to me. I thought that was fantastic. The other thing is there are these Facebook groups. I've, I don't know about anybody else, but Facebook, it went through that awful ad stage where it was completely boring because you always clicked and read these dumb stories uh, about you know, like, where are celebrities now, and how do they look, like, why am I interested in this at quarter to seven in the morning, so I kind of got a little off Facebook, and then I got all these political friends, and I couldn't send all these petitions I was supposed to sign, and marches I was supposed to do, so kind of, you know, quietly defriended them, and, um, I had my relatives, my cousins that I haven't seen in 30 years who like everything I do and all that's fine but then I discovered these groups that were the indie pattern Facebook groups and they're fantastic because they make stuff and these are like real people and they post pictures of themselves without makeup and they're Always standing, always, this is a regulation. They're always standing in front of an unmed bed that has baskets of unfolded laundry on the floor beside them, and you know, often a really, you know, a dog or a kid in the picture who's photobombing it. And it's just so refreshing and nice because I went through a brief period of thinking that I needed to uh, upgrade the photos for my blog. Because if you've seen the photos from my blog, they're just terrible, absolutely awful. And I love my husband very much, but he takes pictures that make me look fat and are usually on an angle. So I got on this thing that I had to research more about pictures. And I was reading a blog post about somebody had a nice picture I mean you know she has a white house and you know IKEA furniture and stuff like that and she had about how she edited her pictures and it was about you know kind of 25 different editing tools she used to get the white balance right in her pictures so I kind of know I'm never going to do that um it's much easier to just berate my husband for making me look fat the way because I think it's the angle he's holding the camera so I really like these really honest pictures and the enthusiasm that uh, people make these uh, you know make out of these patterns, and they never have all of the right fabric, so they substitute, and they get this gets really creative. So I really like the community, and I I believe community is fundamental to sewing, which is why the clothing mavens I think in this podcast are really good, because. We're kind of all connecting with that. It's a solitary activity that is much better if you can talk about it. That's my definition of sewing. So I want to do that, and I find a lot of the indie patterns, I have things that I've been looking for, like a skort that uh, is made out of knits and is not, like, too short, um, because I, you know, I play sports and golf and things like that where, I want to wear a skirt, but, like, you know, I'm not a cheerleader. I never was a cheerleader, and um, I'm kind of a cheerleader's grandmother. So I want something that's, you know, a little longer, and it's they have patterns, and none of them are hard. The other thing is the indie patterns have great instructions. I love a T-shirt pattern that has, like, 64 illustrated pages. Not that I need it, but... That I have taught so many people who would have benefited so much from that level of detail. Uh, so there's all sorts of interesting things. There's like a s- couple of different jogger patterns that I really want to try. Um, more t-shirts and and knit tops that have you know some interesting style lines and they, a lot of them have pockets and a lot of them are really good cardigans. I'm wearing uh, a pattern for pirates. Cozy cardigan right now that I made. I'm speaking to you actually right now from my RV in uh remote Texas, uh, surrounded by kind of a bunch of dried trees. But I've done some sewing and I made this cardigan out of three different kinds of fabric because there isn't a fabric store nearby, and it's just an Fantastic pattern. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to mix and match fabrics. I'm going to uh, search every person who's designing something in their house and can upload a PDF and I'm going to sew it and uh, have a good time. So that's my two thousand and eighteen resolution far more likely to be kept than I will paint my nails. Okay, happy sewing. So that's all for this episode. Don't forget
1: to tell us what challenges and sew longs you're taking part in this year and visit clothesmakingmavens.com to get in touch. So we'll talk to you again next time. Bye, Helena. Bye,
0: Lori. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. For more information and more episodes, visit clothesmakingmavens.com. We would love to hear from you. You'll find options for sending us an email, leaving a comment, or even a voicemail on clothesmakingnavens.com. Hope to hear from you soon, and thanks for listening.